we give you praise, Jesus. We glorify your name, dear God. There is no one like you, Lord. We surrender, we surrender, Lord God, our lives to you. Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. 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 Someone simply call that name Jesus. Just call that name. The name that is above every other name. The name that was given to us to access heaven, to approach God, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus Christ, Lord our Savior, Lord our Maker. Lord our Redeemer, Lord our strength, you who saved us, you who paid the price at Calvary, you who laid down your life, O God, Jesus, our dear brother, our dear friend, we submit to you, O God, we surrender to you, King of glory. And Lord, we pray that you speak to us, O God, through your word. May your name be glorified, King of glory. We give you glory. We give you praise. We honor you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We welcome you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank the Lord so much for his faithfulness, for his goodness. We thank him for the mercies that are new this morning. We thank him so much for his love. This is a new day. This is a new moment. This is the day that the Lord has made. Praise the Lord. As we share the word of God, I pray that God will speak to your heart, speak to your spirit, speak to your life, Speak to your heart. The Lord is good. 
You are holy, holy. Are you Lord God Almighty? Worthy is the Lamb. You are holy, holy. I want us to open our Bibles to the book of Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah is Surah Yamukaga. Isaiah chapter 6. Worthy is the Lamb. We will read from verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and a train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet, and with two he flew, and one cried to another and said, Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory, and the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a, a live coal, which he had taken with the tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and tell these people, keep on hearing, but do not understand, keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of these people dull and their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart 
and return and be healed. The purpose for God to touch us, reviving us, the purpose of redigging wells, the purpose of revival fire is that at the end of it all, God may send us out that he may send you the reason for his presence coming down, his power being revealed, the reason for the Holy Spirit to come down on the day of Pentecost was for the church to go out and become witnesses of our Lord Jesus Christ. In this season, God has been moving us in the area of redigging wells, the area of personal revival. And today we are beginning with this portion of scripture in order for us to keep on building that which God is doing in our lives, what he wants to accomplish in this season. And today, mainly, I'm going to focus on brokenness. Brokenness. One major thing that leads to the heart of God is brokenness. Brokenness. The other thing is humility. Humility. Two major things in our Christian walk that can cause anybody to have a spiritual breakthrough, two major things, one is brokenness and the other is humility. So, looking at the portion of scripture that we've read, in the time of Uzziah, there is a man that had to break out there is a man that had to, to break loose from the normal and begin to seek God. The reason why Isaiah sees the glory of God is because Isaiah had set his heart to seek God. You cannot, you cannot just see the glory of God that fills the temple when you've not set your heart towards God. 
So there is a man that sets his, his heart. Maybe that says enough is enough. He looks into his heart, possibly, and says something is missing. I may not even understand what it is exactly, but I need, I need God. So Isaiah began to seek the face of God. Amen. Listen. God can easily reach the lost. God can easily reach those who are in the world who are lost. But the major problem or challenge that he faces is reaching his own people. Reaching believers. Reaching those who are already in the church. Reaching ministers. Reaching his own leaders. Amen. It's a challenge. God can easily appear to people who are in the world and someone gets saved and someone comes to the Lord out of a major encounter with God. But those who are already in the church, at times many, it is hard for God to reach them. So in this case, someone had to break through with God. Someone had to step out. And that man was Isaiah. He saw the glory of God. The train of his robe filled the temple. When it does not fill the church, when his glory does not fill the church, we are in trouble. When the train of his robe does not cover our lives, our families, the church, we are in deep trouble. The Bible says that with two, he covered the f- his face. And with two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. Praise the Lord. Those who are nearest to God cover their faces, walk humbly, and are swift to obey. Hallelujah. Those who are near God, those who set their hearts towards God, they cover their faces, humbly walk, and, and they are swift to obey. Praise the Lord. The Bible says that he heard one crying out and saying, Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy. Not gifts or power, but crying out holy. 
It was not gifts. It was not power. It was not eloquence. But it was that cry. Holy. Holy. Praise the Lord. There is that moment that comes where those who who are broken those who have set their hearts to seeking God, they don't only look at the other side of power and miracles and gifts and blessings, but they begin to see the holiness of God. And as they begin to see the holiness of God, their lives cannot remain the same. Hallelujah. The Bible says, and the posts of the door were shaken. The posts of the door were shaken. When we see God in his holiness, the posts of the doors of our churches, of our ministries, of our lives begin to move. Certain establishments, certain things that have been put in place, either in your marriage, in your relationships, in the church, they begin to shake. They begin to move when the real glory of God is revealed. Isaiah says, Woe is me, woe is me, for I am undone. I am undone. Isaiah saw himself as he really was. Isaiah saw himself as he really words. How did that come about? Because the glory of God had been revealed. Because Isaiah had set himself. Maybe he went in the temple that day alone. I don't know where the other priests were. I don't know where the other people working in the church were. I don't know where the other people who used to come to the temple were. But this man chooses to surrender to God. This man chooses to turn to God. Hallelujah. And as he goes through that encounter, Isaiah says, Woe is me, for I am undone. You can tell someone you are doing wrong. You can tell someone you need to change. You can tell someone you did this. And they will say no. Or they will keep quiet. Or they will admit. But the heart is not broken. The heart is not touched. Isaiah, without anyone talking to him about his life, he himself, he says, Woe is me, for I am undone. 
He literally saw himself. He saw himself. You can talk to your wife. You can talk to your husband. You can talk to your children. You can talk to church leaders about their evil ways, about their weaknesses. And they may fight back. They may say no because somewhere, somehow, the fallen nature is in church. The fallen nature is in control. But when we meet face to face with God, His glory comes down, His spirit comes down, and there is that personal conviction, personal conviction. Somebody begins to say, Woe is me. Not woe. Are they? But war is me. So Isaiah saw himself as he really was. Amen. And now he is he is where every revivalist starts from. Isaiah is in a place now. Isaiah has reached a place now where everybody that is used of God, that walks deeply with God, where every revivalist starts from. That personal touch with God. That personal brokenness. That personal surrender. That personal humility. That starting point is called repentance. Repentance. I am undone. This word, undone, carries with it the thought of being pulled or cut into pieces to the, to the point of destruction. I am undone. It's not a place of hopelessness, as in just giving up. But there is that special grace that comes that somebody is going to be drawn before God. Woe is me. I am undone. He says, I am a man of unclean lips. 
He's no longer trying to get his spirituality from somebody else. He's no longer trying to get his spirituality from someone else. He's not trying to look at other people's power in God. At times there are those who get excited by others who are walking deeply with God. At times there are those that get excited so much by powerful statements made by men and women of God. But Isaiah says, I am a man of unclean lips. I am a man of unclean lips. Amen. Amen. Isaiah is not trying to protect his prophetic ministry. But this man of God is saying, I am undone. He is saying, this particular part of me, this major part of me, is unclean. It is unclean. And that is, it takes a man that has reached that place of brokenness, that place of humility, to say, me. Me. Not others. Not the church. There are many people that have a tendency of looking at the church and saying the church is fallen, the people are fallen, and this and the other. But a moment comes where a man says, Me. Me. He says, woe is me. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Wow. He says, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. That same man says, me. I. So as he's in that situation, a moment of humility, a moment of brokenness, he's not trying to prepare a message with other people in mind. He's not trying to prophesy to the nation. But he says me. He's not trying to prepare a song that he's going to sing so others can sing along. He's not doing his practice 
of instruments so that he can play in church, so that he can play while others sing along or dance or worship the Lord. But the man says, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. What is he going to do about it? What is he going to do? Of course, moving forward, you reach to verse 8 that at times we dwell on so much. We, which says, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? But before you really reach that level, where God himself sends you, where it's not you who has sent yourself, where it's not you who has been touched, you say, oh, I need to preach. I need to win souls. But then it lasts just for two minutes and it goes away. So before you reach that place where you hear God, where you hear him say, can you go for us? There is all this that a man goes through and it all begins with humility. If the church of Jesus, no matter who you are, no matter what people call you, no matter what your title is, no matter what your children call you, or your colleagues at work, or your staff, your employees, no matter what people call you, if God only can bring his people to that place of humility and brokenness. It will make all the difference. All the difference. All the difference. The Bible says, then one of the seraphim flew to me having in his hand a living coal which he had taken with the tongues from the altar and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. When the blood comes down, when the blood of Jesus comes down, when the blood of Jesus comes down and it touches the burning coal and touches our lives, touches a man, there is a purging that takes place which purging is done solely by God. God himself where he has touched someone and he has cleansed them. But the cleansing has come after that personal realization of the spiritual need that you have. The spiritual need. The spiritual 
need. Isaiah correctly understood his spiritual need. He knew that he needed God. When you know your spiritual need, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, he said, blessed are the poor, the poor in spirit. He's not talking about those that are poor, but then they can fend for themselves. They can get what they, they eat. They can put on something. That what poor can also be used in that context. Someone doesn't have much, but they have a little. But they are still in that category of being poor. But there is the other category in which Jesus used that word. And that was the category of a beggar. A beggar. Someone begging. Someone who is desperate. Someone who has nothing. And so they depend on someone else. So there is that person who literally depends on God for their living. For their moving forward. Amen. And so they are poor in spirit. And so they turn to God and cry out to him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Isaiah's mouth got burnt. If you are going to bless others, you better go through fire. If the mouth is going to release the blessing, that mouth, it better be burned fast. That hurt, it better goes through fire. Amen. Praise the Lord. The burden of personal iniquity that burden was taken away when the Lord sent his angels to touch him, to cleanse him. And then Isaiah got that vision of the holiness of God. Praise God. The ability of God. The power of God. Isaiah saw the need around him. And after he has gone through all that, the man is now able to lead a revolution of those that are going to repent and turn to God. Isaiah now is able to hear the voice of God saying, who will go for us? Why was he able to hear that voice? Because he was cleansed. Because he had been cleansed. Brokenness. Brokenness. 
David says in Psalms 51, he says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge, for I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned, and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak, and blameless when you judge. One of the things that you see in David's life, and the same thing that you find in Isaiah's life, David says in verse 3, For I acknowledge my transgressions. I acknowledge my, my spiritual poverty. I acknowledge my weaknesses. Let me tell you, never, never spend all your time reprimanding a man who has fallen, who is in sin, and always talking about their sin, and always trying to cause them to feel guilty, you will waste your time. But one thing that you ought to do is to intercede for that man, that that man will come to the point of brokenness, that that man will come to a point of humility, that man will come to a point of personal acknowledgement. Like David says, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. When a man reaches that level where they personally acknowledge and they go further to another level, not only acknowledging, but they go to another level. Like David. He says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in my sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Look at a cry now that comes from David. He says, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my, from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Verse 10. He says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. Create in me, a clean heart. 
David realizes that the heart is far from God. The heart is sick. And because of his heart, he ends up doing what he's doing. And that's what Jesus said. That from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It all begins with the heart. It all comes from the heart. And when the heart is sick, Matthew chapter 15, Matthew chapter 15, these are words of Jesus concerning the heart. Matthew chapter 6, 15, verse 19, he says, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. From the heart proceed all these things. Bitterness. Bitterness. And brokenness. Unrepentant. All that comes from the heart. Are you there? And you need a fresh touch from God. You feel lonely. Fear. Fearful. You feel the weight of sin around you. Times you look at fragmented relationships. Communication barriers. Generational gaps. Unresolved conflicts. Unresolved conflicts. Guilt. Shame. Self-absorption. Self. At times you feel so important more than others. At times you feel that without you, people cannot move on. Addictions. Hypocrisy. Many of these things, they originate from a root called pride. 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 And all those things can crumble under brokenness and humility. Brokenness and humility. You can come and minister in church. And you didn't pray. 
You didn't wait on God. You can come and begin singing. You lead in praise and worship. Or you enter your office, you begin to do your work. You serve in whichever way you serve. And there's no prayer in you. You have no personal fellowship with God. And you not feel touched. You you not feel anything. But you look at people appreciating you. People clapping for you. People saying, yes, you've done it. You need to get to that place of personal humility. Personal brokenness. And you begin to see your spiritual need. Your spiritual need. Jeremiah talked so much about the heart about the heart. And and Jesus also amplified it so much. For example, Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 21, he said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. He says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 28, he says, but I said to you, that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. The heart. The spiritual state of the heart. Not just outward things. Not just what people see. But what is going on in the inside of you. He says in verse, in chapter 12, Matthew chapter 12 verse 34 he says brood of vipers how can you being evil speak good things for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things and an evil man out of the evil treasure Brings forth evil things. The heart. Chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13 verse 15. He says. For the hearts of these people. Have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. And their eyes. And their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn. So that I should heal them. The heart. The heart. Verse 19. 
He says, when everyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside, the heart. When the word of God is sown, it goes where? To the heart. If it does not reach the heart and just gets in the mind, just excitement, there can be no fruit. If it reaches the heart, there will be a conflict with what is already in the heart. Pride, arrogance, evil. And so, once there is brokenness on our side, once there is humility on our side, all these things that are gathered in the heart, they get swept out by the grace of God, by the hand of God. But it comes from brokenness. It comes from brokenness. Matthew chapter 15, verse 8, Jesus said, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They draw near with their lips. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, you are my everything. He says, they honor me with their lips. They worship me with their lips. But the heart is far. The heart is far. And so at times, you can find yourself exalting prayer so much, exalting worship, all miracles, all power, all order, or maybe even structures. You can talk about wealth. You can even talk about parenting. You can talk about so many things. But one thing that we ought to know, all those things, if they are originating from humility and brokenness, they will bear the right fruits that God desires. Amen. That which ignites all those things for good parenting, for good wealth to be created, for order, and true worship and true prayer and all those things it begins with brokenness and humility. Once there is that brokenness and humility God will begin to have a channel through which his life begins to be shown his life being released. Do you need a fresh touch from God? Do you need a fresh grace that can draw you 
not only about talking and hearing about prayer, so but that grace that can draw you to that river of prayer and fellowship with God. Do you desire to live in a fresh realm of the supernatural of God? You need to be set free from sin, from the burden of temptations, being set free from selfishness. From patterns of self-gratification. It begins with brokenness. No wonder. David says in chapter 51 verse 17 verse 17 he says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit a broken and a contrite heart the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. You face the reality of your spiritual condition. There are people who are spiritually deceived. Hardened hearts. Hardened hearts. And those hardened hearts, hardened hearts are unusable. You can do your own things, but for God to literally take over, and reign in you, it may be difficult. What is brokenness? Some people think that brokenness is about looking gloomy. You can't laugh. You can't joke. You, you can't do anything. Many have a misconception, a misunderstanding of what brokenness is. Brokenness is not a feeling. It's not just an emotion. Brokenness requires a choice. It requires an act of the will. An act of the will. This is not a choice that is done maybe even once. This becomes a lifetime experience. 
True brokenness is an ongoing constant way of life. A constant way of life. True brokenness is a lifestyle. A lifestyle. We need God to come and show up in the church. His glory coming down and exposing our hearts not simply to others not simply to feel guilty but that grace that brings people to that place of brokenness to that place of humility to that place of not arguing not arguing with others a man or woman who is filled with pride they will look at the faults of others and they will not look at their own faults when they are rebuked they will try to fight back like David before he got into this Psalm 51 the prophet talks of a parable a story uses a scenario of a man who was very rich who took a sheep of a man who was poor and he had only one and he said he took it and killed it for his friends. And the prophet says, what should be done? But because there was no brokenness at that moment in David's life, he said that man should be killed. When the word came out specifically to him, pointing at him, David broke down. And he began to cry to God. And he came to know. A broken heart. A contrite heart. Is the only offering we can give to God. The only offering. Next time I will take you through other things. I've been touched so much by the story of Nayaman. I'll bring it out more another time. But Nayaman wanted to get his healing without looking at the requirements of God. He, he, he said, I will, I will get it my way. You want me to go and dip myself in that pond, in the river now? Do you know who I am? I'm the commander-in-chief of the Assyrian army. No brokenness. No humility. May God have mercy on us. May God bring us to that point where we realize our spiritual poverty. 
you can't pray but you think that it will be others that will help you to do it. No. It begins with you. Personal humility. James chapter 4 verse 8. We will end with that. James chapter 4 verse 8. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you trouble-minded. Lament, verse 9, lament and mourn and weep. Lament, mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to groom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Some of you could be looking at the financial conditions of your lives. Some of you could be looking at the social conditions of your lives. Some of you could be looking at the condition of the nations and other things. But the Bible says, draw nigh to the Lord. What does that mean? You begin to focus on the spiritual. You begin to humble yourself. You begin to surrender. You begin to say, Father, here I am. You begin to create that time for him. You begin to create that time for him. And remember, if you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. That's what the Bible says in Second Corinthians. You, you, you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. You despise the time of coming before God. The time of spending Spending time with God. You put in just a little time. Your harvest will be accordingly. You give him more time. You surrender more to him. You cry out more to him. Draw near and he will draw. He wants to touch us. He wants to reveal himself. He wants to change our lives. He wants to change our families. He wants to change our nations. 
There is that glory that we will only see. There is that true revival. True revival that we will only see. When someone, when people begin to humble themselves before God and they break and they cry to him and say, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Touch me, Lord. Create in me a new heart, Lord. That cry to him. That says, Lord, I see a heart of rebellion in me. I see a heart of Stubbornness in me. But Father, remove it. Remove this heart. Create in me a new heart. Pass me not, all gentle Savior. Jesus. Reboshi kayala bozetelelaba. Isaiah got that moment when he was not prophesying, when he was not preaching. He was not speaking to people. But he got that moment. It was a special moment that every serious man or woman of God, that every child of God should begin to get more and more. It was that moment when he saw the glory of God and he was alone with God and his life is touched. And he says, Woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips. And is in that as in is in that situation, that moment. And as he surrenders more and more, eventually there is that angel that is sent to him. And he touches his life. Fire, a burning coal, goes through his mouth, touches his mouth, and is cleansed. Oh, Father, Bring us to that place. Bring our children. Bring the youth. Bring the leaders. Bring our spouses. Bring your people, dear God. Bring worshippers. Bring my father. Bring leaders, Father, in the church, my father, to that place of brokenness and humility dear God my father with results my father with results oh God where we sense 
where we sense that true presence of God. We sense that true drawing of God. We sense that real touch from God. That real, that real, that real abandonment of sin, that real walking away from every evil, that real walking away from pride, that real walking away, my God, my Father, there is a work that no man can do in another man, that work that you alone, oh God, can do to change the heart of a man to change the heart of a woman oh God and creating a new heart in a man Lord God create a new heart in us oh God oh God makaya Mantelele broseka yaraba baba yamdere de boshite ribobobobo yamdere de boshika yarelala boyamde Father of glory my god my god my god makaya reboseke yerebosete Father, there is so much that we've done. There is so much that we say. There is so much, oh God. We Jehovah, Jehovah, beyond the feeling, beyond emotions, God, to that place of making a choice. I need you, you, God. me not gentle say if you hear my humble cry why lone others thou art calling do not pass me I want everyone to pray wherever you are. Pray. 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 Talk with God. And remember, this is a journey. This is a journey. It's not a one off. It's a journey that requires commitment. It's a journey that requires total surrender. It's a journey where you recognize His grace. You recognize His hand. And you begin to be drawn. 
heart surgery heart transplant father create a new heart in the church create a new heart in us oh god ale kozoko baba la mozetelele brosite le kobrizi kayarare bosite makayare muzibra kayandelele brosite Rekozo koba bala boze kayere boze baba bayamdi makumba ba lekumba baba lekumba zilele momda mukama zeke bokozitele laba yikababa lekozo koba ba zete rebozo tobo makayare boze terebozo kayere baba robo sindele laba sindele laba Makayare bozomba baba yamde rekozo komdere bozite babu zindelele bomdere de bombreta baba rekozo rabala bozete dedere raboyamde mabala bozeke yere bozika yarara raboyamde rekozo kobaba yamde dedere la bombreta baba baba rokozelelele bozike yere bopapa repopapa ribombriba lebo sindelele Boba, rim de la 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 boba, ribosi, rebom de de rebosi. Father, 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 Father. Nkweta gatada. Tukweta gamukama. Tukweta gamukama. Ribo shinkayara baba baba babo shite. Rikumbre kayara There is grace with you. There is grace where you are. There is grace that draws you to him. There is grace that draws you to him. There is grace that helps you to see your spiritual condition. That grace is available. Lord, I pray the lord this grace will abound upon your people i pray father that men and women young boys and young girls 
the youth, my Father. I pray that marriages, I pray that families, I pray, my Father, that businesses, your people, my Father, will be drawn, O oh God, into that special grace, O oh God, that leads to humility, that leads to brokenness, that leads, my Father, to death, my Father, in Christ, O oh God, that leads to that point, my Father, of being buried with Christ, O oh God. Father, where we understand, where we admit, O oh God, that Lord, without before resurrection, there has to be death, my God. Before exaltation, there has to be humility. My God, let this truth invade our hearts, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, O oh God. Father, we commit this week, O oh God, let it be a week of humility. Let it be a week of brokenness. Let it be a week, my Father, a season of sitting at your feet, Lord. I pray, dear God, my Father, that by your Spirit you draw us. You draw your people. You draw the church, O oh God. Lord, we pray. May the hand of God be upon you. May the Spirit of the Lord guide you. May the Lord draw you. May you recognize that grace. May you recognize like, like a light. Elijah, Elijah, he was told by his servant that I see a cloud, it's like a hand of a man. It was so tiny, but it was recognized. May I pray, I speak in your life. May you recognize that grace that God releases upon you. It can be so little, it can be so small, like a hand of a man high in the skies, high on the clouds, but I pray that you recognize that grace that begins to draw you slowly by slowly before him. I pray that you recognize that every step that you take towards him is a step that he takes towards you in the name of Jesus. May God be with you. May God bless you. May God increase you. May he bless the work of your hands in the name of Jesus. May you may he bless your giving, your sacrifice in the name of Jesus. May he be with you. Many of you, you're going to see, you're going to labor, you're going to begin to see what he called you for exactly. Many of you, in the name of Jesus, eventually you're going to hear that voice. You're going to hear him say, whom shall I send? But before you focus more on that life of being sent, you have to go through the fire. You have to go, to go through the cleansing. And it all begins with humility and brokenness. May God be with you. Oh my God. Father of